0: Hey, this is Aaron Burke. Welcome to Made for More. We are so glad that you're listening to this today. And listen, we bring new content out on the first Wednesday of every month. So I hope you're loving it. I see every one of those uh, DMs that you send me on Instagram, the messages on Facebook, the emails. I try to respond to all of them. Thanks for all the shout outs. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, whether it's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or YouTube, make sure you subscribe. Um, it really helps as you share this content. It's hopefully making a difference and helping leaders be all that God's called them to be. Today, I'm going to talk about a, a topic that I think is one of the most crucial that I've dealt with, One of probably one of the most important things that we've tried to establish at our organization. And I think no matter where you're at, it'll help you uh, to make your organization, your family, your business, your restaurant better. And it's about creating a culture of honor. We're going to talk about creating a culture of honor. Uh, When I think of this topic, it reminds me of a story of a man and his ever-nagging wife went on a vacation to Jerusalem. And while they were there, the wife passed away, and the undertaker told the husband, listen, you can have her shipped home, but it's going to cost you $5,000, or you can bury her here in the Holy Land for only $150. So it seems like a no-brainer. Well, the man thought about it and told him that he would just have her shipped home. The undertaker asked, why would you spend $5,000 to ship your wife home when it would be wonderful to have her buried here and it's only $150? And the man replied, long ago, a man died here, was buried, and three days later, he rose from the grave. And I just can't take that chance. Come on, that's funny. I know, right? You're driving in your car. You think that's pretty funny. That is an example of a non Culture of honor. That is not honoring. What I want to do today is I want to talk to you about how you can create a culture where we always think the best. We believe the best over every single person. So uh, the word honor in its root word actually means to put weight, to have weight. So in, in other words, you, you put weight behind what somebody says. In other words, you, you value them. So when you honor someone, you you have, it's not something that's taken lightly would be the opposite, which that's a dishonor is. You take them lightly, you don't take them seriously, and we have to create a culture in our organizations where people are respected, where people are valued, and every individual, no matter how much you like them or not, has something to offer that makes it all better. And if your organization is going to grow, you have to realize you're going to be in a group of people that you're not going to like everybody. And eventually, you're going to be on teams that are now no longer, you're going to be in the same organization working on a team that's working alongside other teams. And you've got to learn how to departmentally, cross-departmentally, honor people also. So I look at um, my organization, the church that I work at as a, um, as, since it's grown, it's grown from I was the only employee for the first six months or so to um, I think we have about 60 plus um, paid employees right now and hundreds of volunteers across six different campuses. So how do we uh, how do we do that? Well, it went from us being a golf team, a golf team. That was just me and my wife. So sometimes she was the golfer and I was the caddy. And now uh, sometimes I was the golfer. She was the caddy. But we were it like and it's pretty o- easy to honor when it's just you two. Uh, because really, I mean, you have the one guy up front and you have the one guy behind the scenes. And that was Katie and I for the first six months or so. And then we moved from a golf team to a basketball team. A basketball team has five people on the court at one time and they all have the same objective. So it's a smaller team, same goal. And that's what our church did for probably the next three or four years. Small group of people that were on staff. We'd meet at my house. We'd all have the same objective when we're just trying to pull off the Sunday, make it work. And and it was easier to honor in that group because you're working so close with each other. Well, now our staff has become what I would consider a football team. You know, a football team has about 55 players on them. 46 of them are active on a Sunday, ready for a game or a Saturday, ready for a game. And 11 of them are on the field. But the 11 that are on the field are a team and there's multiple teams. So there's an offensive team. There's a defensive team. There's people that work in special teams. So what happens is it's very easy when you become a basketball team or a football team to lose the culture of honor because now it's about one person, it's about the group. And you have to work overtime at fighting as your organization gets larger, at fighting to keep a culture where we honor people, not just the people up front, not just the visible ones, but people across departmental, of departmental lines so that you create this culture where people can truly thrive. Here's what I hear many times that are kind of misconceptions um, within teams that will show you how you're getting away from a culture of honor. So maybe you've heard these kind of statements. Statements like my team is the most important. You've heard that before like my team, okay, well, my logistics team or the IT team or you know the 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 PR team, we're the most important in the organization. That, that shows me right there, there's a lack of honor. Here's another one. It's my team works harder than every other team. Now, you might've heard this because you're on that team and you might think, man, I look at their Instagram and they're hanging out all day long. But when I look at it my life, it's tough. We're working hard, we're grinding. And that kind of culture can can seep into an organization and we get this lie to think that we're the only ones working hard. Here's another one is you Realize a lack of honor is there when when you have a grace for your team's mistakes, but no grace for other team's mistakes. Let me say that again. We have grace for our own team's mistakes, but we have no grace for every other team's mistakes. I mean, they blew it and it's over. I can't believe it. They are incompetent. But for you and your team, you can blow it and, oh, we'll get on. We'll move on. But it just show, shows a lack of honor within the team. Here's the last one that I think is a huge one, especially as your teams are scaled, is that you only do life and you only celebrate with your own teams. That shows a lack of honor because now you're only celebrating yourselves instead of celebrating the people that did the work outside of your group. So you have to fight against this. And the solution to all of this is that you got to get ingrained with this idea of honor, 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 honor. And I'm going to talk about it through um, a business perspective, but I honestly think it is a very spiritual um, principle that I see all throughout the Bible. I think Jesus modeled it the best, and I think we need to follow his example of how we honor. So I'm going to give you some key points on creating a culture of honor, and I think it'll help you. All right, number one is simply this. Honor recognizes that our ultimate victory is found in our variety. I'm going to say that again. Honor recognizes that our ultimate victory is found in our variety. And your victory looks different than my victory. You know, my victory is lives changed on a Sunday and they keep coming back and they're involved and they get discipled and they become lifelong followers of Jesus. That's my victory as a, uh, the leader of Radiant Church. Your victory might be different in your organization. It might be a bottom line. It might be sales. But I want you to know the principle is the same is that your ultimate victory is found in your variety. You can't do it by yourself and you can't do it with a bunch of people that look and think like you. We say it often that if two people are the same, one of them would be expendable. Let me say that again. If two people are the same, one of them would be expendable. And I'm telling you, when I'm a golf, uh, when I'm the golf team in an organization and it's just me and one other person or me by myself, It's easy to honor. I see all the hard work I'm doing. I see it, but I can only go so far. When you're building something that is larger, you need variety and you need to understand that you can't do it by yourself. And honor is being able to recognize the importance of the variety in the organization. So if they drive you nuts because they're not like you, that's probably exactly who you need on that team. That's really important. Okay, so Paul wrote about this to the church. So Paul was one of the church founders. I want you to read this. Even if you're not a Christ follower, I want you to see this because he talks about scale and he talks about the importance of variety. And um, and it was worked because the church has gone from, you know, Jesus and 12 to now billions of followers of Christ. And the scale of it is because of this passage. First Corinthians chapter 12. Just as one body though has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body. So it's one team, one score, but a lot of variety inside of that. So it is with Christ. For we're all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles or slaves or free, and we're all given to one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part of many. Can you imagine if you were just like a giant eyeball, like walking around? That would be weird, right? So that's not how it works. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong, it would, not, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. Like, we don't want the foot to be a hand. We would need the foot to be a foot. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong in the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, there was my example right there, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, even one of them, just as he wanted them to be, so he's creating this this body, and he puts the different pieces, and they're all incredibly unique. I mean, think about your ear and all the complexities of it, and it looks totally different than an eye, totally different than a nose. And the parts can't do the, uh, can't uh, walk in victory if the other parts are not working. We all connect together. We understand this in our physical bodies. But for some reason, we miss it in our organizations. He says in verse 21, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And I just want you to know, you can't say to the accounting department, we don't need you. And you can't say to marketing, we don't need you. And you can't say to sales, we don't need you. No, no, you're all part of the same body. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts, and look at this, this is key, that seem to be weaker are actually indispensable. So you think that they don't work hard. You think that they're, um, they're, they're not as gifted as you are. But actually, the Bible says they're indispensable. They're necessary. And the parts we think are less honorable, here's what you should do. You should actually treat them with special honor because the reason is, is because when they win, you all win. We've all had that little paper cut on our finger that for some reason, that small little cut, it affects our whole body. That one little toe that you stub affects everything. You need even the small parts of your body to win. So how do we do this? Because you've got to be able to learn how to celebrate variety, celebrate different personalities, different schedules, different objectives, different approaches. But what unites us all is that we have a common victory. We are in the vision together. And I see way too many people in organizations and they're comparing hours. And I would say, stop comparing hours and start comparing hustle. Just do your part. Do what God's called you to do. We need different people to do different things so that we can get different results. And if you want to scale, you have to make sure that you celebrate variety. Number two, and this is where it gets good, ready? Honor celebrates who people are instead of tripping over who they are not. Now, this is a big deal because honor celebrates who people are instead of tripping over who they are Not someone needs to post that on Instagram right now. Why is that important? Because we live in a culture where it is so easy to spot the dirt. Everybody's got issues. And I'm telling you, it doesn't take long for you to be around them to realize some people got a lot of issues. And in this culture, it takes skill and it takes effort to go. I'm going to celebrate who you are instead of tripping over who you're not. And the way we do that is we have to realize that each person has something that is worth celebrating. Okay, if I told you right now, I want you to go outside in the back of your house, and I want you to find some dirt, and then I want you to bring it in. Everybody right now in this moment could go and do that within five minutes. Even if you live in an apartment, you're going to find some dirt somewhere. Why? Because dirt's everywhere. But if I told you to go out and go find some gold outside of your house, that's going to take some work. I mean, you're going to get a little little gold pan and go to a creek. I don't even know how you find gold. I've just seen you know, little stories on that. You go to a store, a pawn shop, you have to go search for it. Because gold is more valuable. It's more difficult to find. If it was just as, as easy to find as dirt, it wouldn't be nearly as valuable. It's the same thing with people's lives. There's good inside of everybody. You just got to look for it. And real honor finds that gold and then realizes, you know what? I'm going to celebrate that gold without tripping over all the dirt that I had to get through to get to it. Because it's easy to look at the dirt. I um, want you to know there's something that's incredible that happens when we celebrate who people are. And here's what happens, ready? When we celebrate who people are, they become more of that. All right, let me say that again. When we celebrate who people are, they become more of that. When you celebrate and you focus on who people are not, they become more of that also. You always become whatever people celebrate. So if you're going to always focus on people's flaws and their struggles and how terrible they are, they're always going to become more of that. So for an example, Sunday, um, I preached four times um, on a Sunday and I preached a message on Sunday and I felt off. My very first message, I got off the stage and I just felt like, man, that was rough. I felt tough. And I looked right at my phone as soon as I got off and I had a text message from a guy in our church and I highly, highly respect him. He texts me very, very, very rarely. So if I know it's like, it's always something important. And as soon as I got this stage, he had this long text message about how powerful the message was. I can't believe you preached this message. This was one of your best ones you've ever preached. Praise God. Lots of exclamation points. And now if he said that every week, I would go, nah, it's not a big deal, but he never says it. That was a big deal. So what it did is he didn't tell me about how I, you know, messed up some of the words and and uh, didn't look at the camera enough. No, he celebrated what was right. And what did that do? It fueled me to make it even better the next service. And it got better the next service. By third service, it was rocking. By the nighttime service, man, it was the best message of the the day. Why? Because I kept getting celebrated for what was right. And it's a key principle that if you'll do this with your employees and start focusing on what they're doing well, instead of tripping over on what they're not doing, you'll realize that celebration has power but so does dishonor. Look, when Jesus, the Bible says, a prophet is without honor in his own town among his relatives and his own household, talking about Jesus. Jesus went home to his own house, went there to do miracles. And the Bible says he could not even do any miracles there because the people didn't honor him. So what did they do? They were so tripped over who he wasn't. So they thought, oh, this is Joseph's son. This is a carpenter. And he's doing this other stuff. When they were so tripped over it, They lack honor in Jesus. And actually that dishonor kept Jesus from even doing miracles there. So when we dishonor our people, we keep them from reaching their potential. That is probably the whole reason you need to listen to this right now, because you're so frustrated that people are not reaching their potential. And it doesn't mean anything to do with you pointing out all their flaws. It's you celebrating their wins, celebrating how they're doing it well and watch how they'll do it even more. You go, well, it's very difficult to find it. (laughs) Let me just encourage you. Can I honor you right now by just saying, we do not honor because they are honorable. We honor because you are honorable. It shows so much about you when you honor people. So you got to have a little bit of confidence in yourself that you can find the gold inside of everybody. I actually wrote it down in my notes this way. This is a good one-liner for you. When you dishonor, you real reveal more about your insecurities than you do about their inadequacies. Boom. I wanna say it again. When you dishonor, you reveal more about your in- insecurities than you do about their inadequacies. And you've gotta learn how to honor people because it really, when you dishonor, it shows more about you. So I, I wrote some levels of this. Let me just show you how it is. Like, there's the easiest level of honor is honoring yourself. And you gotta honor yourself, you gotta make sure you're honorable, you understand that you're doing it. But it's the easiest level is, I did something well. The next level of honor is, we did something well. So that's, man, our team. We won the Super Bowl. We did this. We we um, hit that certain number. And that's a level of honor that you can create in your culture. What I would tell you is the best level of honor is the third level, which is, you did something well. So it's no longer me. It's not even we. It's you did it. And when you celebrate that person instead of tripping over what they haven't done, you'll see a culture of honor made. All right, number three, last one is this. Let me recap before we close it out. Number one, honor recognizes that our ultimate victory is found in our variety. You need a bunch of different kind of people. Honor celebrates who people are instead of tripping over who they're not. And number three, honor takes effort. And many times, honor is not easy. Say it again. Honor takes effort. And many times, it is not easy easy. So if you think this is an easy thing to implement in your organization, it's not. It takes a lot of effort, but I'll tell you it's worth it. So let me give you what we call the 101 principle. 101 principle, I've taught this for years, is simply it's the effort that it takes. You need to find 1% of of a person that you can agree with and everybody you got 1% that you can agree with and use 100% of your effort to honor that person. Let me say it again, 101 principle. We're going to find 1% you can agree with about someone And you're going to use 100% of your effort to honor that person. And this is crucial because if you can take the effort to honor people in your organization, it'll create a culture that people will be attracted to, that people will thrive in, that people will be able to go to their ultimate potential in. And you'll create a culture where you all all ultimately win because everybody's thriving in their giftings across departments. So let me give you some ways to honor because I told you to take some effort. Here's just some ideas that maybe you can do today. Number one, if you think something nice, say it. If you think something nice, say it. So if someone comes in and they're dressed nice, say it. If someone did a good job giving you that report, say it. If someone showed up early to a meeting, celebrate it. When Whatever you celebrate is going to be duplicated. So if you think something nice, say it. For some reason, we go, oh man, I always thought it. I just never said it. That will never create the culture. Culture is always about language. By the way, that's, you can see that across the board. You go to different uh, cultures, they're always defined by their language. So the language of a culture of honor is celebrating people. If you have something nice to say, say it. Here's the second one. Give people your undivided attention. Now that is tough in today's world. We're on our phones, we're uh, on our computers, we're trying to get stuff done, we've got our AirPods in. If somebody is speaking to you, give them your undivided attention. By the way, the most important people in your life should get your most undivided attention even more. Your kids should not have to fight with your phone. Your kids should not have to fight with your computer. Let them get your attention. Create a culture of honor that the most important person in the room is the person in the room. Let me say that again. The most important person in the room is the person in the room. So don't don't avoid them or don't, you know, put them off a secondary but because you're involved in digital communication. Give them your undivided attention. Number three, seek understanding instead of assuming. This is huge. When you have a problem with somebody, seek understanding. Help me figure this out. And the best way to do this is ask really good questions. Jesus did this. You know, think the woman at the well, he's asking her questions. He knew it was everything that was wrong in her life, but he didn't g- jump to assumptions. He asked questions. Why? Because questions are honoring because it shows the person, I think they know the answer already. I'm gonna ask them a question so they can figure it out. So we're gonna seek understanding. Number three, we're gonna celebrate we instead of just me. So don't say, I invited this person to church. No, 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 we created an environment where my friend could come to church. Do you see the difference? It creates we, it creates this environment that we can do it together. And the last one is this, is forgive and forget mistakes you're going to hold somebody's sins against them, their problems against them, you're never going to create a culture of honor because people are going to be too afraid to fail. So they're never going to try anything. A culture of honor is we're going to try it. We might fail and we're going to move on and we're not going to hold their issues against them. If you create this culture, people will be planted in your organization. They will thrive to their potential because honor releases that into their life. And it's got to start with you. So here's my question for you. Who can you honor today? Who can you celebrate? What can you do to create a culture of honor in your organization? Let me know. Send me some ideas. I can't wait to see the conversations that happen because of this. You have some honor principles. Let me know about them. And I hope this has helped you today. I love this time that we get to have together. And I can't wait to see you um, on the first Wednesday of next month. Make sure you share this content. And if you need anything, let me know. I'm here for you. Love you guys. Have a great day.